Welcome to Driving the Sea Bus. Uh, usually, we have this uh, long-running podcast where we focus on the happenings in Central Ohio, how vibrant our community is, what makes it such a cool place, and uh, and all the different. Uh, we have people on on the podcast that have made a difference here in town uh, throughout the years, and we talk about all the success we had. Um, we're shifting gears with this uh, series of the podcast uh, in light of the coronavirus that has attacked the planet and the pandemic that we currently are facing as a country and as a world. I really talk about real life uh, solutions to your financial matters. Uh, so there'll be a host of uh, different folks on the podcast going forward uh, where we're going to get right to nuts and bolts about true uh, things that you should be doing. Uh, with your personal finances, your business, your investments, other kinds of things, all in the different podcast series with experts from Heartland Bank. Obviously, everyone does their business in different places. We're agnostic. We're here to help you. If you find that Heartland's a great fit, wonderful. If not, hopefully this podcast series will do you well because we are all in this together at CBAS Will Survive. Well, welcome to another edition of Driving the CBUS. This is our uh, special coronavirus uh, uh, series where we are having multiple folks from Heartland come in and talk about their particular acumen uh, inside the business, whether it's mortgage, uh, deposit ops and deposit uh, pricing, um, uh, commercial lending, uh, mortgage relief, uh, mortgage refinancing, all of those things. Um, and and the, the one area that's near and dear to everybody's heart as you've been watching this on TV is the uh, stock market and what's happening to our investments and our 401ks and all the different things that are out there. So joining us uh, on the program uh, for this edition is Jessica McNamee. Jessica is the uh, Director of Financial Planning for Heartland Bank and runs Heartland uh, and, uh, Planning Associates, a group that's, uh, uh, that's a, uh, a subsidiary of Heartland Bank. So Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Hey, let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, geez, we just uh, just a two and a half, three weeks ago, we were at 28,000, almost breaking 29,000. Uh, today is the 24th uh, of March, and it's in the afternoon, and the, the market's making a rally. It's up 14, uh, 1,461 points to... Uh, uh, to uh, a balmy 20,000. So we've lost about a, you know, not quite a third of the market at this point, and it's been even worse than that. What should people be thinking about that? Uh, tell me you know, just in general, how should people be reacting to, to those, those numbers and that kind of news? Well, yes, it has been a bumpy ride the last few weeks, hasn't it? So what we're seeing at play right now is the difference between risk and uncertainty. Risk can be quantified, uncertainty cannot. And so as we grapple with the idea of a global pandemic, unlike we've ever seen before, the market is doing the same thing. Uh, and, and we're not really sure where to settle. Uh, so, so that's why we've seen such incredible volatility over the course of the last few weeks and why I expect it will continue in the short term at the, at the very least. So, so that's, that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Um, and this is exactly why we do planning. And it's very difficult to start planning <laughs> during a crisis. 
but I'm going to try and share some, some ideas or, or tips uh, that hopefully will be relevant to everybody, whether you're kind of thinking about this for the first time or you're a seasoned planner. So the first thing that we've been talking to people about lately is the importance of staying calm. Uh, level heads make better decisions no matter what decisions we're considering. And so it, it's very important to, if, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling a lot of anxiety, if you're really worried about something, don't make any major decisions in that moment, especially about money and about your, your portfolio in the market. So find a way to calm down, talk to somebody, whether that's an advisor or a trusted loved one, take a few deep breaths, walk away from it for a little while, it is very important that we all do our best to stay calm and keep the people around us calm as well. The second thing that I suggest that everyone do is just take an assessment of cash reserves and other safe money. Having an emergency fund is something that we talk about with every client that we have. It's important to have safe, accessible money for those unpredictable times. And, and boy, do we find ourselves in one of those now. Um, we're already starting to see people get laid off because businesses are, again, living in this uncertain environment right now. So it's important to know where you stand in terms of safe money, just in case you need it, whether that's cash in the bank, uh, CDs, fixed annuities uh, that might be accessible or non-variable cash value and in life insurance. Take stock of your safe money. And if you don't have enough to cover you know, three to six months of expenses, depending on your situation, Consider trying to build that up in coming weeks uh, to, to make sure that you've got a little bit of a cushion there, just in case. And the third thing that we're encouraging people to do is if you can maintain a long-term perspective, keep buying in if you can. So if you're contributing to your 401k, try not to look too hard at balance <laughs> and keep right on plug-in because what you're buying now is, is, as Scott mentioned at the beginning, about 30% off of high values that we've seen earlier this year. And so this is also a really great buying opportunity, again, for those who can focus on the long term. I would not recommend putting money in that you need in the foreseeable future, at least for the next couple of years. But if you've got money that you can part with, uh, consider talking to a professional about what to do with that and what opportunities might be appropriate for you uh, during this market downturn. So is the market, uh, that's a great, those are great uh, uh, tidbits, uh, you know, to, to, to uh, adhere to. Tell me about if somebody's in the market, they haven't done anything and they, they feel like they've lost a third, they really haven't lost anything yet, right? I mean, this is all paper loss. It's all, and this is kind of based on fear and uncertainty and those kind of things. And, and when, if you take money off the table when stocks are, are low, you miss days like today. So tell, tell me about that. I mean, if, they, if people haven't taken their money out and they're down a third, what should they, what should they do differently? That's exactly right, Scott. Again, it's so important to maintain that long-term perspective. And if you can't, then maybe that's a sign that, you know, some of that money shouldn't be in the market in the first place. And you need to, to build up some higher cash reserves. So if it's already in, do your best not to sell right now. 
because it, it, it will come back. It's just a matter of how long that's going to take and how bumpy the ride's going to be in the meantime. So you haven't lost anything until you sell for a specified price. If you continue to let it ride, uh, again, my guess is that we'll see additional volatility for a period. Um, and, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see it start to creep back up again towards where we were earlier this year. It's just a matter of whether that's going to take months or, or longer. You know, the events of the last two or three weeks have also got a lot of people thinking and reevaluating just kind of where they're at, you know, like, were, were, were they close to retirement? You know, did they have a financial plan to begin with? You know, how does this change their financial plan? So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of soul searching folks uh, in the coming weeks where they say, look, I don't want to. I don't want to be panicked like this again. You know, how would you recommend that they be prepared? Uh, your folks can prepare themselves for things like this. Now, of course, we've never seen this before, but some folks are more prepared than others. So what would you recommend them, uh, steps they should take uh, in the future to be prepared for calamities like that? So first and foremost, I highly recommend talking to a professional if you haven't already. At least try it on and see if it's for you. Um, but what we encourage our clients to do is to have different buckets of money. And, and each bucket represents a different lever that we have within their financial strategy. So as I was talking about with the emergency fund before, you know, some of that money should be safer, um, maybe not at risk at all in the market. Maybe some of it's in a more moderate or, or even a conservative allocation in the market. And then we've got our longest term money where we can take the most risk, where maybe we're, we're able to be a little bit more aggressive for some better returns. But then we kind of have, we have an order of operations because when the market is down, we wanna try avoiding the, the, the investments that are most down. So we turn to our safer assets that might not be as impacted or impacted at all by, by a market downturn. It, when times are good, that's when we can sell off some, you know, realize some gains, replenish cash reserves and save money for the next crisis, because we'll have those. It, it's a cycle. We know that. We don't know when they're coming or why they'll occur, but we know that they will. And so if we can create these different buckets within our own financial plan, that gives us ammo when we're in crisis mode. So the, the clients that we have that are I think, most comfortable and confident right now have those different buckets and know, okay, I don't have to touch my, my money that's down the most right now or in the foreseeable future at all. I've got reserves that'll carry me through so that when things correct, that's when I can go back and, and maybe peel a little bit off the portfolio. That's good advice. How, tell me if, if I was a, uh... You know, just kind of a medium savior, and I, I'm not ready to retire yet, and I'm looking at my 401k, should I be, how would I change my allocations right now, or should I, in my 401k? So, you know, that advice really has to be person by person because risk tolerance is, is a very personal thing. And it, a lot of times people attribute it to age. But it's deeper than that. Yes, if we have more time, in theory, we can take more risk. But I know some 20-somethings and 30-somethings who are very conservative and vice versa. I know people who are in their 60s and beyond who are still very comfortable being aggressive. So it's important to know your risk tolerance and, and, and even consider having that assessed by a professional. But for those that can tolerate risk, um, 
you know, it, it may be worth taking a more aggressive stance at some point in the near future while the market is down, even though it might drop further before it gets better, because on the upswing, you stand to gain more. Now, there are also clients that we've spoken to in the last few weeks um, that where we've pivoted to a slightly more conservative allocation um, because, you know, it, when crisis hits, that, uh, that really sheds a lot of light on risk tolerance. And I think some people are finding maybe they're more conservative than they thought they were. So in some cases where clients don't have substantial cash reserves or they're realizing, you know what, I just I don't have the stomach to, to tolerate the, the full breadth of the swing. Um, you know, I, I some some folks should maybe moderate a little bit in terms of risk level. But I hope those that need to do that have done that already, because, again, now is not the ideal time. Um, that time was ideally you know weeks ago or, or earlier. Uh, so it really depends on the investor, but most importantly, hang in there if you can. So all in all, um, most of our clients, we're not recommending any change. We're just trying to coach people to stay calm, see this through, and focus on their long-term goals. But there has been you know, uh, folks that, uh, that feel that this is a buying opportunity. So when the market started to drop and they started to see maybe companies that they really know are long-term, you know, winners, and they also have a, a history of paying dividends and things of that nature. You know, it, do you, tell me a little bit more about, you know, levering into the market now. What what suggestions would you make in that regard? It is, a, it is a, again, a, we're about a third down from our high point. And, and so that means that if we just go back to where we were before, uh, you know, we, we're going to see a pretty substantial rise in the values uh, of a lot of these stock, these market indexes. So um, it, it has to be customized to the investor. Um, but I would take a very diversified approach if entering the market. I wouldn't focus on one or two stocks because in this time of uncertainty, there are some businesses who may struggle or go out of business. And making a big bet on a single company may be too risky for most investors. So if we take a diversified approach, we're spreading out that risk and giving ourselves a better chance of experiencing that upswing wherever it may come from. Uh, so the other thing I'll say about that is the sell-off that we've experienced has been pretty indiscriminate, meaning that just about every asset class across the board, people have been selling over the course of the last few weeks, and that includes bonds. Now, this is different than other you know, market uh, uh, downturns that we've seen in the past because oftentimes we see investors go into bonds, leave stocks for bonds. People have been going to cash. So there's a lot of money on the sidelines. There's a lot of opportunities pretty much across the board, and a diversified approach to that is going to give you the best chance at being able to take advantage of, of it when it comes up. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really good advice. Now, if um, uh, if that if that is the case, and, and things you know continue to to have good news and that kind of stuff, we should still see the yeah the markets uh, rise. But so we the one thing that maybe you could explain to the listeners, you know, the today the market is is bumped because uh, there's going to be this bailout package uh, that you know. Supposedly, it's coming from Congress. Why does that make the stock market rise? Well, we've got to be very careful 
with the concept of causality. It's, it's human nature to try and explain things rationally. And so we all like to be able to point to the news or what's happening in the world and say, this is causing the stock market to do something. But it's not as simple as that. There's a lot more going on. Um, and so, yes, I mean, there may be some optimism today because, you know, there, there's potential relief for uh, folks across the country, including our small business owners. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's why the market is increasing today. In fact, we've seen a lot of back and forth and up and down from day to day over the course of the last several weeks. Um, and that actually tends to happen on a decline. We see substantial loss. We see it come back up a bit. We see more loss. We see it come back up a bit. And that that is the trend. So it, we have to be careful about pointing to something and saying this is this is why it's happening and trying to, to, to guess you know, when when the market is going to do something else, uh, because we could be very wrong if, if, if we kind of proceed with that thinking. Um, one of the things that I've noted recently is that we have a lot of clients who've been asking us how to get in. We've had a lot of client calls saying, hey, I've got cash on the sidelines. I haven't wanted to put it in. I want to do that now. So I think part of what we're seeing in this up and down is that we have a really bad day. And, and the bold folks who, who, are, who are ready to go are saying, okay, I want in now. And we see an upswing the following day. So, so some of it, I think, is just the natural cycle of investors getting out and getting in. Um, but my hope is that, that what the government, particularly the federal government, is doing to, to try and alleviate the concerns that, that so many Americans have right now is, is hopefully having a positive impact. So, um, uh, you know, I, it, it's really fun to see things in the green today, uh, but that doesn't mean we're at the end of this. That's right. Exactly. <clears throat> Maybe on a macro basis, as a final point, we can talk about the differences between this particular event and the Great Recession. You know, people are making a lot of comparisons as far as unemployment and on stability in the financial sector and so forth. But what do you see as the differences between the coronavirus, uh, you know, situation and that event and the and the Great Recession, you know, caused by uh, you know the mortgage and the financial markets? Yeah. So there are big differences here. Um, first of all, uh, the implosion of, of, of the, the mortgage space uh, in 2008 was really what precipitated the crisis. So financial institutions ran into some trouble and some really tough times, and that put a crunch on just about everything else in our economy. Again, trying to, trying to make this, you know, short and simple, which is impossible to do you know, for, for a short podcast like this. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the decline led us into a, a recession. And, and so we're not sure that this crisis is going to go there. This is very different. It, it wasn't caused by any, you know, bad debt or, or the failure of an industry or anything like that. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's something very different. We're voluntarily shutting down sectors of our economy and in some states, just about the entire economy. And, and that is un, uncharted territory. 
So we're, we're basically pausing things intentionally uh, this time around. Whereas in the past, we've seen a, a crisis within financial markets. So this is a very different circumstance. Um, and, and we're not in a recession. Well, I can't say that because we, we never know if we're in a recession while it is starting. We only know it in hindsight. So I am, I am hopeful that if we can you know, put a damper on the spread of the virus fast enough and, and get back to work, or those of us who are least vulnerable and, and willing and able can, can do that sooner rather than later, and you know, we'll wait for guidance from our leadership on, on when we can do that, um, hopefully this doesn't end up leading to a recession. But the longer that the shutdown is prolonged, the more people lose their jobs, you know, the more likely it becomes that we'll actually see a recession occur uh, as opposed to just a market swing. Um, but, but there's hope yet. So, so you know, if we, if we focus on doing what we need to do to stay healthy and, and uh, be just ready to explode back into work once we're able, uh, that's going to diminish that likelihood. Gotcha. So, so the kind of the uh, Cliff Notes version is don't panic stay in the market if you're in the market stay in the market it will come back we'll eventually get through this and uh it's just a matter of time it's not like the economic crisis that created this it was uh, you know we had a pandemic create the crisis this time we were voluntarily shutting down the economy temporarily to promote social distancing as soon as that starts to lift we should start to see the same economy or pretty much so uh, uh return yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, um, you know, the same thing, I would, I would liken the stock market decline to, to the, what we've all seen in our local grocery stores recently. People, you know, it, stores can't keep up with the demand. People are stocking up on resources because we don't know what's ahead. And, and you know, we, we weren't sure if we were going to be allowed to leave our homes. And, you know, there, there was just all this uncertainty leading to this kind of behavior where people are, are, are maybe, you know, doing some hoarding of resources. Well, same thing's happening with cash. People don't know what's ahead. So they're pulling assets out of the market and sitting on cash, people, businesses, et cetera. And so the decline, you know, is, is driven by fear right now. Um, and, and the potential of a recession because of the voluntary shutdown. So um, again, it, it is very different, um, but I suspect that again, if we, can, if we can get out in front of this quick enough and, and you know, to some extent start to reopen businesses and, and, and get back to business, um, that uh, you know, folks will regain confidence and we'll see a lot of that money flow back into the market. Wonderful. That's all great advice. So uh, as we wrap things up, Jessica, any final thoughts that you'd have for, for the investing uh, community that's out there? I, I would just say, you know, resign yourself to get through this. Buckle up. Try not to, to uh, too obsessively watch the news because <laughs> it's that is just a downward uh, doom and gloom spiral at times. Stay positive. Stay healthy. Take care of the people around you. This too shall pass. That's right. Well, that's all great advice. Jessica, thanks very much for, for coming on and putting uh, putting us and calming us down, making sure that we know that uh, that our mar our money is going to be uh, uh, put to good use uh, as long as we don't panic and, 
and we stick to the plan. And if we don't have a plan, it's time to get a plan. And uh, with that, I want to thank you for uh, uh, coming on the program and, and thanks for driving the bus. Thanks for having me, Scott.